Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. That's what we're all about here at The Catch at Blog Talk Radio, seeking how to make a better world in our neighborhood, right where we are, the people we touch every day, the marketplace, where we do our shopping, where, where we rub shoulders with, with the world. And uh, that's, that's what we're excited about learning how to do. And part of that has been um, uh, the privilege I have of introducing you, uh, our listeners, to some really wonderful people, people who have meant a lot in my life over the years and uh, who have been an inspiration to me and who I know will be an inspiration to you if I have a chance to um, expose you to them. And that's what Blog Talk Radio is all for. And tonight is a very special night because uh, we have with us uh, a guest who I've known since the very beginnings of the Jesus Movement, and uh, he has gone on to head up a record company. He's written numerous songs and albums and produced other artists and musicians and led bands and uh, praise bands uh, all over the world with Franklin Graham, with the um, uh, 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 what, what the Promise Keepers group, and uh, Greg Laurie, and uh, she's just uh, had a wonderful uh, career that you could never map out. It, it's just kind of gone from one thing to the next, and uh, I'm sure... He can tell us a little bit about that, but uh, I want you to welcome with me one of the uh, first members of the first Christian rock group I ever met, Love Song, uh, Tommy Tommy Coombs. Tommy, welcome to Block Talk Radio. Well, John, it's a privilege to be with you and to think and talk about these things that you just outlined. Um, I'm here in Southern California. I've been working on an album, and you caught me at just the right time when we finished today. Good. Fantastic. And I understand it's a Christmas album. Is that right? Yeah, we did one about 10 or 12 years ago. Boy, this is really going to be a nice one. 11 songs. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to call it Star of Wonder. It's a wide variety of things and three originals. But, uh, boy, it's just coming out great. Oh, man, I'm so happy. Oh, nice. Nice. When you say we, who are we talking about? Tommy. Oh, I'm sorry. The Tommy Coombs band has been together for since 1989. So that's, yeah, actually this October will be 28 years. I mean, Bob Soma, Billy Batstone, who's been around for a long time, Bob Soma, John and Annie Barber, and Marcia Skidmore, Alfie Silas and Linda McCurry, who are gospel music legends from L.A. You know, they did Bill Jackson mm-hmm. stuff, all that Andre Crouch stuff, Susie Winans, and 
you know, wow. I think, uh, uh, just uh, Glenn Holman who played with Steve Taylor and David Owens on drums. So there's 11 of us, actually 12, Christine Miller. There's 12 of us. And um, that's really become kind of the, the music team for Franklin Graham as we travel all over the world. We've been with him 26 years, I think. And uh, that's that's just been delightful to partner with somebody that's got such a focus on humanitarian aid and good news and loving people. And like he says, I just I find people have their wheel in the ditch and help them get their wheel out of the ditch and tell them that God loves them. That's kind of it. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's great. Well, you've had an incredible career, but I, I want to go back to the very beginning, Tommy, because uh, 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 it was such a memorable moment for me uh, because I, the first time I met you, I, I'm pretty sure this was the first time, um, was in Ron Ritchie's uh, office at Peninsula Bible Church. And uh, I don't know whether you remember that, but... Uh, Someone well, told in. us about this group. Someone, someone told us about this group love song. You really should hear these guys. You know, and uh, this was the time when at Peninsula Bible Church we had what we call body life every Sunday night, and and the long hairs and the Jesus freaks were coming in large numbers, and uh, we were just kind of trying to follow the spirit and what was going on and what the Lord told us to do. And, and uh, we did feel like we needed to kind of check out the groups a little bit, you know, before, before we just threw them up on the stage. And so you guys, um, we were crammed into a little tiny office. If you remember that, you could hardly breathe. And, uh, and we asked you to sing a song and you guys sang, Welcome back. And, uh, oh, my God, it makes me cry just to think of it because uh, I swear, when, when you finished, um, there wasn't a sound. We just, we just were dumbfounded uh, with what we had heard and what we'd been led into. And then finally, finally, Ron Ritchie says the understatement of the year. He says, well, I guess that'll do. <laughs> do, you, like Ron. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember that? I don't remember do you, that. Actually, the first time I remember seeing you was we were playing at Stanford University at the band show or something. I went, "Wow, who is this guy?" But we had lots of little things like that where you know people were skeptical and we would sing a song. But John, you just brought up a really strong point. Isn't this what we really would love to see more of? It's just like with one song, the Holy Spirit could touch people and open them up and, you know, show them things that maybe they didn't see just an hour ago, you know. I, I still hope for that. Every day I hope for that. Oh, my. Yeah. And in many ways, you know, that that was the Jesus movement. It It, it was such a unique time. And uh, it was like there was a spiritual dimension to life that, that it seemed everyone knew about, e- even non-Christians knew about it. And, and, and you know, right now, uh, Tommy, in, a, in our catch with our catch community, we're studying Acts, and we're having a ball with this because um, what we're feeling like, I'm discovering, Acts is just kind of like the Jesus movement. And... Uh, 
Uh, and we're, I want to talk about this a little bit later on, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like we could be moving in to a, another season like this. And, and that's why Acts just seemed so appro- appropriate um, for us to look into. Um, give me a little bit of some of your impressions of that time. Um, uh, any, any, just what, get, try to get to some, some feelings about what it was like uh, in those years and what, what ministry was like and what it was, what it was like singing and doing what you guys did. Well, for me, too, and I remember Chuck Gerard said, hey, all we knew was we were blind, now we see. You've touched upon it. There was a tremendous spiritual hunger and a dissatisfaction with the status quo, the Vietnam War, all that kind of – a lot of turmoil in the world. see a lot of similarities between then and now. But people were – I'm not sure if they knew what they were looking for, but, boy, they were looking, you know. And I I love it that God says, you know – Seek and you will find, you know. So I think that generation of people was discouraged, you know, confused. Um, but they really wanted to know what real love was. They, You know, we just got tricked many times. So it, it, people were kind of eager, but it was like they didn't expect that Jesus was going to be the answer. I didn't expect that Jesus was going to be the answer. We were looking every place but church. Mm-hmm. We thought that was just you know, like a funeral parlor. We couldn't figure out why people would go there months more than they had to go, you know. Uh, I mean, it just didn't have any relevance to me or or to a lot of people I knew. I, I kind of grew up in a religious vacuum, and I think that uh, people today are um, just like they were then. They're kind of hardened towards bad religious experiences or empty shells of things that had no meaning. Um, and, you know, they, they're a little confused about tradition, maybe. But, you know, gosh, I remember playing so many college campuses, prisons, youth groups, anti-drug rallies. And what what I probably remember the most is we were scared to death, and we didn't know if we were going to be able to communicate to the people we were with, had no idea if they would receive what we had to say. But I, I, I think Chuck Gerard really had some phenomenal songs like Feel the Love, that were non-threatening, mm-hmm. they weren't. That were in judgmental or finger pointing, and you know I love it when Jesus right. says, "Come, let us come, let us reason together." I love doing universities. I, I remember we were playing in Houston one time, and, and I, no, I'm probably confused about where we were, but there was a lot of other groups on with us, and you know sometimes young artists didn't know what to say, and this this kid says, Jesus is the answer. Well, I'm out in the audience with about 4,000 college students, and some guy yells back, what's the question? I love this kind of environment, you know. So, yeah. so uh, you know, I mean, we almost got beat, uh, you know, right there at Stanford, you know, the Black Panthers and the SDS were all around us. But, you know, we were just – we were – kind of just finding our way, John. Like you said, we're just trying to follow the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It was unchar- uncharted territory, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, you guys have a song, Feel the Love. Isn't that the way it goes? Wasn't that one of the songs? Yeah, it's is one that, of my favorites. Is that right? Yeah. Did, what's that? Did you guys what, try, try to tell us what it's like to feel in, in the groove of the Holy Spirit? 
what is that like? Well, you kind of uh, you're kind of following into the unknown, unsure what's going to happen, but you're very sure you're supposed to follow. You're very sure you're supposed to take that next step, but there's no guarantee of any results. And it kind of makes you tremble a little bit inside. You know you're, you know you're on it. You know you're in the slipstream, but you, and you know you're not in control, and you can't control the outcome, but you feel like there's this great, uh, wind carrying you, and you, you just know that mm. you're in. You can, you quite, you just never quite know what's going to happen moment by moment. And you think about it, we're, we're starving for a sense of true adventure. When you, I think, when you're walking in the spirit, boy, it's an adventure. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it, mm. and you, it, it, ma- it makes you kind of get your antenna up, like if, almost like if you're. You're lost trying to find your way without GPS, and you're trying to make sense of it all, trying to find your bearings. It's a little bit like that. Wow. Wow. Um, You said it was a little bit of there was some trembling. Talk about that a little bit. Um, What was that that trembling like? Can you... Can you tell us a little bit about that, a little bit more about that, a little deeper with that one? Well, I, I think, you know, it's got to be like Peter walking on the water or something like that. Like, I'm not sure I can do this. I, you know, I, the master's calling me. And mm-hmm. I'm getting out of it. I want to do it. I want to get out of it. I might fall flat on my face. But it, I think it had a lot to do with, like, looking at the faces of people you're trying to communicate and just not wanting to disconnect, wanting so much to really disconnect. And just all your senses are heightened, like, help me just, do the right thing, think the right thoughts, say the right thing. And I think for me a little bit was like, I don't know if these people are going to like us or hate us or throw rocks at us or hit us in the head with a baseball bat. I mean, there was there was a time, uh, it was on Stanford, and we had, oh gosh, there was 90 different groups kind of having their their moment out in the in quads, SES on one side, Black Panthers on the other, and uh, Lonnie Frisbee was with us, with and we did an altar call on the campus, right? Just a huh. humble little PA yeah. sit up outside. And I've been, I've been noticing this guy wandering around for half an hour. He looked like he was just waiting for a chance to create some trouble, right? Because people didn't like it that we had a PA and the SDS didn't have a PA, and the Black Panthers didn't have a PA. Uh-huh. They felt like it was an unfair advantage. And when it came to the altar call, this guy starts walking directly to me, and I see he's got his fist clenched behind his back. And I, I'm a brand-new Christian. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's coming to beat me. But I, what do I do? I've got a, 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 an SG in my hand. I can smack him in the face and win this, win this thing. Or do you want me to take the blow, or do you want me to step back? What do you want me to do? That's fear and trembling. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? You gotta tell you gotta tell us what happened. Well, it was interesting. The whole crowd turned against him. He grabbed my mic. I took one step backwards because I didn't think I the Lord would be happy if I smacked him in the face with my guitar to protect myself. And he grabbed the mic and he said, I feel the power here, power to the people. The whole crowd, everybody started to boo him. The crowd huh. completely turned against him. I you know, it was just one of those Oh wow! Okay. Wow. God's in control. This is good. 
Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, there's something I, whenever I saw you guys sing, there was something that happened every time that just, uh, and, and I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just wanting you to, to take me, take me back there somehow. But you guys start into a song, your eyes would close. A lot of you, I can see your heads go back and you're just there, you know, or not there. You know, you're, you, you, there was such a uh, connection you had with the Lord that it was very clear what you guys were doing is you were in, you had a thing with the Lord and we happened to be it there to watch it happen. And you were not well, singing I, to us. Uh, I, it never felt like you were singing to us. You were really singing to the Lord. Is that right? Well, that's, that's very interesting. I know that we were praying our way through, that's for sure. It's like singing our prayers, you know. I mean, I remember talking to Andre Crouch and his sister Sandra, and Sandra described Andre as like what he really does. He just serenades Jesus. Hey, do you like this? Do you like this? Let me make this up. Do you you like that? And I, I think we were doing that, but we were very, very aware and focused that we wanted to tell our generation that Jesus was the answer right. they were looking for. And so all of our songs right. were very, very evangelical, but they were very heartfelt. They were, they were personal. You know, they, um, they were true life stories. And I, I know, I think there's nothing quite like a brand new Christian's enthusiasm. It's, uh, yeah. You know, that, that, then you have to kind of do the hard work of learning to be a disciple and all these things that sometimes, you know, God doesn't seem to read, to uh, expect toddlers to be mature, you know, he gives you a little bit of grace there. But boy, it's it's, <laughs> you know, it's like you know when Jesus called his followers, you know, they, they, hey, go get my go get my brother and tell him, you know, come and see, right? You know, so we had that spirit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was uh, it was it was a beautiful uh, time. I, I I'm thinking of the verse in Second Corinthians where Paul says that. We are the fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And when when you look at those prepositions, it's always like it's the, it's Christ in us. We're the fragrance of Christ to God. It really is. That's the primary relationship but, um, among people. And so it really it really does work like that from the standpoint that uh, God has a thing going with us and it spills over uh, into the people we are around. I, uh, I, I always thought you guys. Well, you're you're a tremendous you're a tremendous writer, thinker, and word person, John. You've always been that way, and that really has meant so much to me. You're a good critical thinker, but sometimes. Words are really not what people are looking for. They're they're looking for that invisible, mm. intangible spirit touch, like you're saying, that fragrance. It's like, what is this about this person? What have they got there? They they seem genuinely happy and content and peaceful. I said, I think those we forget sometimes those things may speak louder than words, at least half the time. Beautiful. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think happened to the Jesus movement? Well, it was confusing to me when it kind of came to an end because if you were born again during that time, you thought that was just normal. <laughs> and what I learned was like, no, that, that's kind of, you know, some experts would say it wasn't a revival, but it was a very large people movement. And, uh, you know, I, I have two. One is that it was time to grow up. For me, it certainly was. And I think that's one of the reasons Love Song broke up is God, God looked at us and said, you guys, you growing up is more important than you kind of clinging to this thing called Love Song and trying to keep that alive. It's, my, it's more important to me that you learn to be men, you learn to be husbands, learn to be fathers, you know, learn how to handle money and, you know, faithfulness and all these things. I think he's really concerned about that. That was certainly my story. But it was disappointing mm. and heartbreaking that 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 real touch, um, almost like if you're at the beach, a big wave came in and you just happened to catch it, and then all of a sudden it was flat. It's, it, it felt a little yeah. disappointing and confusing, confusing both to me at least. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, like, do you think? In some ways, I wonder whether it ended well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, well, it didn't really uh, end. It just faded. Yeah, I think that's a Go good ahead. way to put it. It, it. it faded, and it faded, seemed like, pretty quickly over the course of about 12 to 18 months or something like that. And and then, you know, some of us didn't realize it ended for, for a couple of years later, you know. I remember going back to yeah. college. I was determined to learn how to do something else. And it, it took a couple of years of God just tenderly and moments here and there providing some healing for me because I, you know, yes. I was confused, maybe, maybe a little bit angry, actually, like what happened, you know, I, um, you know, and, 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 you know, you have these maybe false expectations. I gave my life to this. I thought we would be doing this till it came again, you know, so exactly. yeah, it, maybe some of it, some of it was just bad expectations on my part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that, uh, you after that that you may have gone into a kind of time that that you could call like the wilderness like the children of Israel in the wilderness maybe yeah i think that's fair that lasted oh gosh well, I, we, you know we did another group after love song broke up with several of us and that we went for about a year and i went man something's wrong and i i literally quit i literally said okay lord i'm married now i've got a baby boy i sold my Gibson guitar that I almost smacked that guy in the face with. I sold that, sold my amp, and I, and I said, Lord, I know that you know where I am, and if you ever want me to do this again, you know how to let me know that. Right now, I'm going to buy my wife a couch. I'm going to go back to school and learn how to, and learn another trade that somebody wants to pay me for so I can take care of my family. So for about two and a half years, I was back at Long Beach State. And I was just, I was working all the time. This is interesting. I was producing praise albums and Sweet Comfort and Parable and some of these bands and going to school full time both. I guess I was uh, at that. So I was was burning the candle at both ends. And like I said, to have these little brief conversations, mostly when I was walking on the campus, little aha moments where, you know, God and I would kind of bring some things to some resolution, you know. So. But it took, it took a couple of years, and I really didn't know what I was going to do. But I knew it was important to learn to be a father and 
that was important to God, and I was studying the scriptures like crazy, you know, to to get some basic foundational skills I didn't really have. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Um, do you think that? Um, do you think that something like that could happen again? And uh, do you have any thoughts about? You know, we've been we've been noticing here at the catch that um, we're getting a lot of following from uh, millennials. They seem to to gravitate to uh, to what we do because it's they like the way we talk about things and they like the fact that we're, you know, 24-7 church in a way and we talk yeah. about grace and, um, uh, and, and, and that we're not, you know, we, we don't come down hard on, <clears throat> on anybody. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, God could be doing something with this younger generation. I know you're doing some mentoring. Um, talk to me about uh, what you see um, in, in this. Do you, do you see uh, something happening uh, possibly with the, with, with the next generation? Yeah. The biggest thing to me is I like hanging out with them, <laughs> and they uh-huh. and they seem to like they seem to like hanging out with me. You know, they go like, like I I went to I went to a place last night to hear a band with my son. I guarantee you, I was the oldest guy in there. You know, I had Stevie Wonder yeah. drummer and all that stuff, and I'm just hanging out talking to people. You know, and I I think we forget that. Well, I, here's another point to me is that. I think they're looking for affirmation. They're looking for people who will encourage them. And they're not necessarily looking for them to tell them they're doing everything right. But they're, like they say, you know, like you said, like, you know, we're not pounding on them. People were very gracious to all of us who came to Christ. I mean, they didn't really put a lot of expectations. They were just there to help and to serve and to nurture and encourage. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and, you know, lest we forget, that's that's just spending time with people, having conversations about what they're interested in, not what I'm interested in. You know, and all I got to do is show an interest, show an interest in them, and listen and ask a couple questions. It's really not that hard. Wow. What uh, you've almost answered my next question. I was going to ask you what you, what would you say. What would you say to the millennials today? I mean, that's a big, you know, that's a big wide question, but but jump in anywhere you like. Uh, what do you think? What do you think it's appropriate for them? What do you think, you know, they they need or are looking for? Well, as an older guy, you know, there you can chase the wind, you can chase the money, you can chase all the pleasures of life. And, you know, God's not against those things when they're rightly acquired and rightly enjoyed. But, boy, you know, it's just you gotta have to, you got to watch the natural tendency to chase those things and pursue them like a maniac when you're young. And the other thing is, mm. you know, you really you need to be in community. You need to have friends and to, to be able to talk to. It's, it's helped to have helpful to have people a little older to bear your heart to and talk to that you know really care about you. I think that's what we're all kind of looking for. An older pastor who just passed away, Mm -hmm. was a mentor to me, said after 50 years of ministry, he learned that people really need three things. They need someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. 
you know, we have to have some hope. That's a guy who was a, earned a PhD, earned a PhD, by the way, who'd seen it all, you know, and heard it all. And I thought that was very interesting to boil it down to that somebody to love, something to do that's meaningful, and you can, you know, some and something to look forward to. The other thing is we got to watch out. We all have these self-destructive habits and things that can really hurt us, you know, and we just really got to watch out for that and try and rein those in and and, and yeah. walk away from them and trust the Lord for something that actually brings true fulfillment and lasting pleasure and doesn't bring sorrow with it because it says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow with it. And, you know, that's what you want to shoot for. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, one more question for, for us, us old guys, us boomers. Um, what, yep. what would you say to us? What would you say to us as as uh, uh, your peers, as older, wiser ones? You know, what what might we be able to offer uh, the younger generation? Well, first of all, I don't think we want to be like the, the Muppet guys in the balcony saying, hey, you kids get off my lawn. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't want to come off as the crabby old guys, even though if you've got pains and aches and are struggling with your own health. I, I, I think it, I, I think it, John, it goes back to the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit again. Let's put our, let's keep our mm-hmm. antennas up and be prayerful for all these little encounters, like the kid working at Starbucks or the guy with, you know, pierced earrings and tattoos all over the place. Just reaching out to them, going like, hey. Well, that's some nice ink you got there. You must have spent a lot of money on that. And, and I guarantee you, they'll tell you all about it right away. Yeah, yeah. So, so looking yeah. for those opportunities as we go through life, just like your introduction said, that that would be a good one. Yeah. Well, and and I and I love that, and and I I like your illustration about you just your story about uh, what happened this week that that uh, you were the oldest guy there, but you were. You you know they didn't care, and uh, you were in conversation with people, and and I think that that's one of the things we're finding is that uh, millennials don't seem to care how old you are. They 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 seem to care about real things. You know, are you are you ready? To, are you willing to get down and be real with me? You know, and uh, that's all. Uh, that's all that's, they want to know. I think that's absolutely right, John. I know our time is coming too close. Please let's do this again, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. We will do it again, guaranteed. And uh, thank right. you so much for being available tonight. I appreciate it very much, Tommy. Right. Look, God bless look, the rest of your trip. Thank you. Okay. Bless you. Bye-bye. Thank well, you there done. you have it, Thanks, folks. buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. Someone to love. Someone, something to do and something to look forward to. Someone to love, something to do, something to look forward to. I hope you uh, enjoyed that. Boy, I I loved hearing Tommy talk about what it was like to uh, to be moving in the spirit. That was wonderful. That was my favorite part of this interview. Um, The adventure, the trembling. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We want to know how to get there. We got to get there again, you guys. We got to get back to where the spirit is in control, not us. And he's leading us into new adventures, places we're not sure we know 
what it's what it is, but we're going to find out, and uh, that's that's really what it means to be uh, in the spirit and in the move in the movement, and and what we're now finding out is in the acts, the acts of the apostles. It's now the acts of of the believers. It's it's Acts twenty seventeen. That's that's what we're into, and we want to find out more and more what it means to be where the Spirit is. Get where the Spirit of God is. Get with God's program. Don't don't try and have Him bless your program. Get with God's program. Find out what He's doing, and 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 roll your sleeves up and get in with Him because that's where He's going to empower you. Well, God bless you. It was great having you with. Uh, Blog Talk Radio again. Um, come back next week. You can tell we always have somebody good. We always have a good conversation, something inspiring for for all of us. So uh, join us next week. Don't miss it. God bless you. 